have just entered the building with your boys, King and Sane. Welcome to Shop Talking Random-ish, where conversation rules the nation, and no topic is off-limits. You know, this ain't nothing but healthy conversation. Now welcome your hosts, Rick King and Will Sane. girl the lovely starlight will saying is not in the building tonight but we do have rick king behind the boards what's the deal pickle how y'all doing y'all know what this is this ain't that but some good old-fashioned barbershop style conversation in this here barbershop no conversation is taboo we have but one rule and one rule only miss starlight what is that rule that rule is say what you mean and mean what you say just don't be mean when you say it and for those that would like to call in, the number is 404-603-8770 or... If you're in your mammy basement, please let her know it's not one of them 9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
Hey, y'all, we all. Uh, we got more family. We got yeah. more family. You know how sometimes, you know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they say the, 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 the prodigal son has returned. How are you, uh? Well, we got family back in the. What? Who the hell are you in the hell? Why you in my barbershop? Who are you, man? So much is uh, happening. Yes, yes. Pull the microphone on the round. Grab your microphone, my brother. So much. Um, I don't even know where to start, Rick. Uh, yeah, so I'm Eric. Uh, some of you might know me as Eric Ching. Some of you might know me as Eric Crawford. But uh, just call me Eric for now. Um, yeah, so I've been on the show before as a, like a resident therapist, if you will, mental health professional. And a lot's transpired. I am still in the field, right? So technically I'm on hiatus, but it's for a good reason. Uh, I started a PhD program. Oh, wow. And so all of last year I was uh, flying back and forth between here and uh, Wisconsin. I'm over at UW Madison, um, and now I'm taking a year off. Uh, You're doing a gap year? <gasps> yeah, so a lot's happened. Uh, I told you. So I have a 14 month old. Oh. Oh yeah. Salute. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, Good job. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you got to pay attention, baby. Hey. Salute, my brother. Yes. New breed. And they different. They different. And not to change the mood, but also my and it, we're in good spirits. But my wife was diagnosed with a stage four breast cancer, oh, man. No. Um, so a lot's happened. She's in good spirits. Oh, uh, she's had her good. second treatment, um, and we're optimistic. Amen. We really are. She's she's looking good. I think it's working. Uh huh. I think the treatment is working. So uh, uh, you know that might even relate to our topic later it's on. But def- anyway. <laughs> it's I mean, it's yeah. a health issue. Yeah, yes. it relates. Yeah. Mental health. Uh-huh. It is. Brother, you look like a little boy. Look. <laughs> so, so my hair is cut because <laughs> I told her, uh, I said, if you decide to cut your hair, I'm going to cut mine. And uh, she was like, oh, I think I'll be fine. <sighs> Two weeks later, <laughs> cut. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I miss my locks. I sometimes forget that I don't have them. Oh, I really wow. do. I forget that I don't have them. So you still have phantom locks? I do. Um, you, you, don't be, you don't be walking around doing this, do you? You don't walk around doing this, no, do you? I wake up like, okay, okay, not there. And Did like even, uh, uh, yes. So, <laughs> yes. I still have my locks. Someone, uh, interestingly enough, uh, hopefully they're not listening, but they asked me for uh, <laughs> my locks, and I said, oh, okay. That sounds a little we, uh, I, suspicious. I, I, well, Rick and I both know this person who had locks, and they cut them, and then maybe a year or two later, they put them back. People do that. You you can, uh, there's a process where you can sew them back in. Um, you'd have to but get somebody who's really good at doing that. I mean, I know in the extension process, you're putting in other people's hair, so mm-hmm. why not put in yours? But yeah. with all that could get trapped in a lock, I'd just rather start a new set. Yeah, yeah. I'm I with, just would rather do a new set. I'm talking, and then even uh, like all the energy and the stuff you collect based off how long you've had them. Exactly. Just, just, just burn them, bury them. I haven't done either of those things yet because I maybe I do have some attachment to these locks. <laughs> Hey man, it's, 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 I mean, do you feel like the, the, the... I feel lighter. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, how did, how's your neck feel? It is. It's. I'll tell you. The best part is showering. I know this is gonna sound weird. 
when you shower with locks and they're long, it can be a hassle because then the drying process, am I gonna dry it with a, uh, am I gonna get the hair dryer? Am I gonna just let them air dry? <sighs> and then I used to have to throw them over the pillow to lay down. I will say all of that is like a plus now that I don't have them. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Grasping for straws, yeah. 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 Sound like you yes. hurt. Look like you hurt, man. Look like you hurt, man. <laughs> <laughs> Samson, did they take you? <laughs> Samson. Delilah so, got her. <laughs> I say this interesting story because I cut. So I cut my locks twice. I cut and then restarted. And then um, that first time when I cut them, I wasn't ready. I, my wife, I said, you know what? I think I'm, I want to cut the locks and. Um, and she was like, all right, let's go sit down. And I, I wanted her to ease me into it. As Before I even really sat down, she snipped him. <gasps> what if I changed my mind? She's like, I did that so you wouldn't. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this is what we go through. We do our big chops. He's like, you have to do it. You have to, you have to snatch that Band-Aid off. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's weird because I'm on the opposite side. I started these in good. January of 2020. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because it's me deciding to just go ahead and do it kind of pushed me into having a pretty good 2020. Mm-hmm. Like I got a couple things uh, off my bucket list in 2020 and I was just like, I know the world seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket right now, but mine was pretty good. I'm feeling good. good. And so I'm like, yeah. And this is my second time doing the color. So I was like, all right, let me uh, just at this point, I'm like, I'm loving it. Somebody just walked in the barbershop, what you need, what you want. Hello, hello. This is Donna Sewell. How are you, sir? I'm well. How about yourself, Doc? How you doing? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Oh, we'd like to invite you, and thank you for thank you for stopping by the barber shop. I mean, um, tell them who you are and why you're here. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about mental health, um, and I don't want to say post COVID. I want to say um, just mental health. Um, during this particular pandemic. Yes. That's what I want to talk about because we talk about pre-COVID and post-COVID, but right now there's no such thing as post-COVID COVID as far as I'm concerned because it's alive and well. Um, uh, and, and so the reason I wanted to talk about that is because I have increased, you know, I, I do mental health. That's, that's what I work in. Um, I have uh, increased, for lack of a better word, my, my caseload. So I'm seeing more uh, individuals because I'm doing more therapy. As a result, what I am finding is that there are depression has skyrocketed, depression and anxiety, particularly um, really among everyone, but particularly among adults, especially somewhere around anywhere from 35, maybe 55. And one of the things that I was reading is that in actuality, now this is a research, it hasn't been done in 2020, but as of September 3rd of 2020, uh, depression has tripled in the population. So what is happening is there are a lot of individuals who are having suicidal ideations. You know, this is suicide. Uh, this is suicide prevention awareness month. Yes, ma'am. Um, but there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, individuals who are having suicidal ideations. For those of you who don't know what those are, that's when you have thoughts of wanting to harm yourself, and not just harm yourself, just truly. Uh, kill yourself. There's a difference between that and self-injurious behavior. Um, okay, define self-injurious behavior. Define Self-injurious that. behavior. Yes. So, so let me break it down. So those are people who do cutting, 
Um, they don't want to kill themselves. And what they want to do is they want to take away from the emotional pain or stop the emotional pain. So the way they do that is that they focus on something else. And when they focus on that something else, they focus on self-inflicted pain. And self-inflicted pain could be something um, like cutting yourself. You see a lot of people that do that. Um, you also see a lot of um, individuals who may bang their head. And sometimes you have individuals who burn themselves. So that's what we call self-injurious behavior. So while they are not wanting to kill themselves, that still that behavior still puts them at high risk for suicidality or for the behavior of, at some point, wanting to kill themselves. Okay. Okay. Now, my mm-hmm. my uh, one of my main reasons for wanting you to be on is because I know you deal with a more mature audience. Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> More, more mature, man. You talk about this all the time. More mature, meaning your age. No, 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 no. Your age. Try to pretend like you're that. No, 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 no. no. We talking about your age, dear. So proceed. 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 I will not, since this is the evening, I will be Donna School and not Dr. School. Thank you. That's who I want. That's who I want. But, um... So, so I guess my question is, um, how has this, how has the pandemic in this time, and we thought this was just going to last a year, and and now it is is going into year two, and how has that increased, or has it increased? What are you seeing from your practice? So, in terms of mental health, it has. Um it has increased, negatively impacted, whether directly or indirectly. So let me tell you what I mean by that. There are a lot of people that I speak to personally and professionally, but particularly professionally. They've had, they've been, uh, they've had a lot of relatives to die from this disease. Mm-hmm. Die. Okay. Um, and when I say a lot of, uh, of relative, I'm not just talking about older people. I'm talking about younger people who are 25, 35. Yes. That's, and they've had people to actually die. So that's impacted them. Then we have individuals who have elderly people, like truly elderly people, 65, 75, 85. They've died. And here's where the impact comes in. There's a lack of closure with that. Because please keep in mind, a lot of people who died around March <clears throat> and, and even now, but March specifically of 2020, because, you know, that's when it first really, that's when everything started shutting down. So March of 2020, I'll say all the way up through maybe March of 2021, keep in mind, a lot of people died and they died by themselves. They died alone. They died alone. So the impact then that that has on an individual is that my mother, my sister, my father, my grandmother, whomever died in the hospital alone. They had no visitation or either the nurse had to call them and say, hey, and they had to listen to their relative's last dying breath, but they could not be there with them. Because please keep in mind that, you you know, individuals could not um, go into, they only, at one point, they didn't allow anybody in to see anyone who was dying from COVID. You couldn't even get one visitor, not even one. So it's impacted in, in that sense. It's impacted in the sense of employment. It is impacted because there are a lot of people who really don't know where to get their next job from. And then there are some people who realize, you know what? I like working from home. I don't want to go back into the office. It's increased anxiety because some jobs are saying, some employers are saying, I need for you to come back into the office. That's an impact. Another impact comes from, and you and I have spoken about this, and you know, I made a joke about it on on my show, but I was serious about this. 
uh, a lot of people ended up stuck in the house together and they didn't realize they didn't like each other. Amen. Hey, that's you know, you know, that's a conversation that I want you to come back where you can sit down and give me the that, full. That, that is absolutely that. Yeah. That is a lot. They didn't know. Or some of them, they were there and they were at home. Um, they were working from the house. And then the other thing they didn't realize is that they had badass kids. That was the other thing Amen. they did not realize. And so they had children running around that they could not discipline. They had uh, situations where they wanted to help the children with the homework and they could not. That's stress when you're at home all day and you're with your significant other, your children, and you do not have a break. That is stressful. That's very stressful. And another piece with the pandemic is just this. It's not just the pandemic. It's the pandemic. It's social unrest is not knowing what's going on with the government. See, here's the one thing that adults hate more than anything, and that's inst- nobody likes instability, but adults do not like instability, and they do not like the unknown. Most of us have fear of the unknown because it makes us very uncomfortable. So even if we are in a relationship, um, and when I say a relationship, and I use this example all of the time, a lot of us have stayed in a relationship, right, longer than we were supposed to. And we know that. Mm-hmm. Most of us have done that as adults. But the reason we stayed in that relationship is because we did not want to jump out of that relationship and deal with the unknown. See, if you're with somebody, you know how they're going to act a fool when you come in the house at a certain time and all those other things. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with COVID. COVID, that is fear of the unknown. We have no idea what is going on in society, and COVID is a continuum of it is looming, nobody really knows what's going on. Then we have long haulers. Every time we try to open something up, we end up with a lot of people who are infected or affected and we have to shut it down. Those are just some of the reasons that we are having um, major, major issues and it's increasing the depression. The lack of socializing. Even if you're an individual who doesn't particularly care to deal with people a lot of the time, that is fine, but you still had that option before COVID of at least having that energy around you. And one of the things that keeps the person going is, is energy of other people. That is one of the things, what, one of the things that keeps another thing is just basically that social support. A lot of people did not have an opportunity to do that. We were cut off from a number of those things. So it, it will increase your level of depression. And those are just some of the things, but those are some of the major issues that I've heard. What kind of numbers? Uh, uh, so with numbers, <clears throat> so with numbers, and I was really trying to find that, and I tried to actually because I just did a show on suicide, and I was looking at trying to find some numbers. And here's the thing with COVID, they really have not been able to because since this is ongoing, found um, I'm going to say the numbers are not. I would say they're underestimate. They're an underestimation. Let me say that. But what I did find was this, and I found this from the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy. And again, these are the stats that I found from September 3rd of 2020. It says that uh, the results showed that 27.8% of adults reported depression symptoms in contrast with 8.5% before the pandemic started. Right? So that's three times. That's triple. Increases were higher across the spectrum of depression severity from miles that went from 24.6% that that went up to 24.6% before the pandemic. It was 16.2 severe before the pandemic 
was 0.7. It shot up to 5.1. And when we talk about severe depression, just in layman's terms, that's when we start talking about individuals who more than likely have either um, they're, they're thinking about harming themselves and not just thinking about it. They have a plan. They've had a plan at one time or another. Those are individuals who for at least two weeks, they have um, had a loss of interest in things that were once pleasurable to them. Their sleep pattern has changed. Their eat pa- eating pattern has changed. They have a lack of uh, motivation to do anything. They have a lack of interest. Um, they isolate. Those are just some of the symptoms. And usually it is most of those symptoms that I'm talking about, and it could last anywhere from two weeks to three months, and sometimes it's just a recurring undertone of that depression, and that's something else that COVID did for people who were already um, dealing with depression and anxiety. It didn't do anything but exacerbate it or compound it. That's all it did. Mm. Doctor Sue, my mama, yes, my mama yes, said, Mr. my mama said you're good. <laughs> my mama just sent, my mama just sent me a text and say she's good. <laughs> Tell her I appreciate that. So now I ain't gonna be able to mess with you. I can't. Don't see. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> mama. <laughs> so, but one of the things that I want people to know, because I don't, you know, I, I don't. I, of course, I want you to get you guys to go go and do do what you do. But I I do think people should um, reach out if you try all of those things. Like, uh, you know, you've, you you want to do self care, but you can't get up out of bed then that's something that you that you need to look at if you're snapping at everyone. One thing about us as people of color, particularly those of us, um, uh, Mr. King, who are, who are uh, embarking upon middle age, Mr. King, <laughs> one thing about us... Um, us. <laughs> I want you to emphasize us. <laughs> <laughs> one thing about us, Mr. King, is a lot of times... And I say this a lot of times as, as people of color, particularly in our in our generation, with all jokes aside, we do not recognize the the symptoms of um, depression. We don't. And so for a lot of us, we're very irritable. Mm. So we want to fuss at everybody. We don't want to be bothered with anyone. Depression is not always that I'm in bed crying all the time, crying all of the time, isolating. Um, I, I can't be motivated to go and do work and all of those things, because a lot of us feel like, you know what, we go to, I go to work every day, there's nothing wrong with me. That's not the case. If you're constantly upset and you're cussing everybody out or you want to cuss everybody out, the common denominator in that is you. Mm. So then there's an issue there if you're continuing to do that on a regular basis. So that could be something that's symptomatic of, um, that, that could be a person that's symptomatic of depression or a sign where it's symptomatic of depression. So one of the things is if these things persist, if it's difficulty doing things that you would normally do, like even getting up and just cooking, um, and, and sometimes even just going to work, then you need to really look at that and you try to implement what you could, you know, the self-care with that exercise, and I do this and I do that, and it's something that's still there. You probably, that low mood is still there. I recommend that you go and talk to someone about that. Please keep in mind that sometimes you may need medication. Um, if you need medication, there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes you only need medication temporarily. It doesn't mean you have to take it from here on out. What I would say, though, is don't just rely on the medication. You have to get, if you don't have some healthy coping skills, um, you have to go and speak to someone about getting some healthy coping skills. And also, in doing that, your therapist should be working with you on helping you identify what your triggers are. What is it? That what is it that causes my depression most of the time when it's not just a situational thing like a death? What is it or a situational event? 
So what is it that is causing me to feel like this? And so, and what is it that triggered that, that I can be doing okay? And then all of a sudden, I have a low mood. Those are things that you, or I have anxiety. Those are things that you really need to look at and your therapist needs to work with you on. And lastly, your therapist needs to work. I, I always ask it, where do you get your energy from? Where is your center? Because, see, here's the thing. If you know where your balance is, then you know when you get knocked off of balance because you start feeling discombobulated and so you're just like where do i get my energy from where what makes me feel centered and what makes me feel balanced so when you start feeling discombobulated you can start working your way slowly back to again where your where your energy is so that that is again i don't want to um uh take up all of your segment um oh, no 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 no, no, about no. The work structure with the covid but yeah you're good so, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on with you. Okay. Okay. And I, 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 I know you got to go. Can you take a couple quick questions right quick? Yes. Yes, sir. Anybody got a question for the um, good doctor? Doc, this is Starlight. I have one question that um, I, I think I kind of noticed it in a lot of my friends that I didn't realize mm-hmm. how many of my friends needed to be around people until when we had to sit down and stay inside because I was fine but a lot of them I was seeing it was like wait you're off what's wrong with you and I started realizing Mm -hmm. they had they needed that to be around people and how do you I guess how do you help the people realize that like you said they might be in a, a depressive situation but it's not what we typically know is depression but it's more of like you've been it's almost like how you have a person who's a functioning drug addict or a functioning mm-hmm. alcoholic, and as soon as they can't get that, that's when they realize, oh, I have a problem. So how do you help those people see the fact of, like, how can I reverse this situation or get out of this problem? So one of the things with individuals who are very extroverted and they, and they need that energy and Zoom is not working for them and all of those things, what I, a lot of times, it, well, it's two things. One, to help them recognize it is something that you just said. It's like when an addict is, is functioning, but when you take the alcohol or the drugs away from them, their behavior is a little different. So that's one way that you can actually explain it. If it's a friend, you should be able to talk to them like that and say, hey, you know, from a therapist's perspective, I would say, well, tell me, do you feel normal when you're not around a lot of people? And, and or when you're not around people and they tell me no, I would tell them it doesn't mean that you're depressed, but what has been your behavior since you haven't been around a lot of people or you haven't had that opportunity to socialize? So I kind of would do a versus. Let's look at where you are now and what you used to do and kind of help them to see that these are so you ha- and, and are you motivated to do A, B, and C? And it sounds like you've been isolating now, even when people do try to bring you out. That helps them kind of identify or they identify themselves as opposed to you pointing the finger and saying, hey, you know what, you're dealing with depression. Now, here's the reality. Here's what I feel about friends. If diplomacy doesn't work for them, then you you just have to lay it out for them and say, you know what, I think I think you are depressed. I think you need some assistance and, and just in, in qualify it. So I know you're going to get pissed at me. You'll be okay when the swelling goes down. But here's what I think, and this is because I care about you. Are you open to going to speak to somebody or at least talking to me about it so we can work on some things that may bring you out of that? Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Anybody else got a good a question for the good doctor? How you doing, Dr. Sewell? Um, I'm Eric. Hi. And I was actually just going to ask in terms of, you spoke a lot about depression and you even mentioned anxiety. Um, but I just wanted to know what other mm-hmm. um, comorbidity may um, come with uh, suicide. Sometimes I know it's not just depression, but there's other things too. And I was just right. curious if the audience... Uh, uh, so when we start looking at comorbidities, we're looking at one is... is hold up, define what that is. Hold on, hold on. We, we got to first define so from, what that is. From a mental, from a mental, so they're different from mental health and medical. Medical, when you talk about comorbidity, they're talking about actually something more like a terminal illness in addition to another illness. And mental health, when you talk about a comorbidity, what they're talking about is mental health in, med, in a medical diagnosis, but not necessarily a terminal diagnosis just a medical diagnosis and or sometimes it's just another mental health diagnosis to go along with it but most of the time we're talking about medical and mental health um however now one of the things that he just so what he mentioned so another comorbidity or what we call a co-occurring illness is somebody who had it has a substance use disorder so that means they're addicted to drugs or alcohol um anytime people are, are anytime people are addicted to drugs or alcohol because a lot of times they're not functioning. It it just varies, but addiction is very strong. Addiction is different from dependence, which, again, is another show. So if you're addicted, that drug or that alcohol is your best friend. You You will forsake any and everybody else to maintain that friendship with your with your husband or your that relationship with that with that husband or wife. So that's that drug or alcohol. Okay, and so because of that, because of that mindset and that strong relationship and that strong bond, that increases the risk for suicidality. So that's a co-occurring disorder. That increases the risk for suicidality, and we saw a lot of that during COVID, especially the first part. Because, again, Rick, you and I had this conversation. They kept the liquor stores open. Yes, They indeed. kept those going. They felt like that was, they felt like that was a necessity. Yes, Everybody indeed. was running to the liquor stores, stocking up, and then they said, oh, you're not going to shut this down? No. So the liquor store is an essential? Now, yes. So and that, the weed that man. increased. And the weed man. It, correct. Yes. Yep, Tyrone did it. Yep, Tyrone yes, probably sir. made a lot of money. Pookie so guy came up. Right, right. It increased by a lot. The other piece is chronic pain. So a lot of people who deal with chronic pain, um, they have an increased risk for suicidality. And that is because when people are dealing with chronic pain or they may be dealing with an autoimmune disease, which is not just painful, but it causes a lot of fatigue. If I'm a person who was once active, if I'm a person who a lot of times got my work-life balance from exercising or just from moving and going and traveling a lot and having that sense of independence, not just with physical health, but with mental health, and those things start moving away from me, that can cause an increased risk for suicidality as well. Um, there are a number of other issues that can cause an increased risk normally it is a um, um, it has to be a number of them, not just one or two. A lot of times it's, it's several of those things that you will find. Um, if I am an individual who was sexually abused, and especially if I was sexually abused um, over a period of time, not just one time, but over a period of time, um, and, and both are serious, whether it's, whether it's been over a period or just once, but if it's been over a period of time, then you know what? That increases my risk because... I have been abused, and sometimes physical abuse can increase that ri- risk because you have to look at both of those things, and they take down a person's self-worth 
and self-esteem, particularly if they don't have anyone around them to, to, to kind of ride with them and support them, so to speak. So that increases your risk um, as well. Did that answer your question? I'm sorry. Did absolutely. that answer your question? No, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Okay. Doc, I know you got to go. Um, please, okay. please, please, please tell the people where they can find your podcast, where they can, you know, and, and get in touch with you or if they need to get in touch with you. So, yes, sir. So you can go, you can always go to my website. Uh, it's www.meenterprises.net, or you can put it in the Google search engine and just Minds Eye Enterprises. Also, you can find my um, my show, The Wellness Enclave, who, who Mr. Rick helps uh, engineer. Sometimes you can find The Wellness Enclave um, on the app in the Google Play Store, or you can find it um, in the Apple Store. In addition to that, I have a, and, and pretty much my Wellness Enclave deals with emotional wellness from a holistic perspective. Uh, it can be heard on 22.3 TakeoverVegasRadio.com, online radio station every Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And also I have a podcast where we talk a little bit more about politics and those types of things, and it's called Meditative Messages and Compelling Conversations, and you can find it on my website and or, again, you can find it on my app, Wellness Enclave. Doc, thank you. Thank yes, you. sir. Thank you thank for having you. me on the show. I thank all of you for having me on the show. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. All right, and and mm -hmm. and, and um, like I, uh, I'll be looking forward to hear from you tomorrow. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> yes, you sir. You have a good night. All right. Talk to you. You too. Bye bye. We gonna take a break. Uh, you know, everybody regroup. Larry, when we come for break, you gonna you gonna bless us? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we gonna take a quick break, and um, I don't think we go on the radio. We I just put some music on, let it play for that hour, and um. Yeah, and oh, we can. No, we we'll figure it out. We'll figure oh, it out. Oh, you want you want to cuss now? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we off the we not on the radio. I'm we just, we, we don't have to be on the radio. We we don't we don't. But I I, I knew this is this is a one of those issues. Mm -hmm. But we got it. So if we need, if I can put, yeah, we, if we, we need we, to put it up. We'll later, twerk it. We can. We'll twerk it. But um, we all gonna take a quick break and um. We're going to come back and we're going to get into, uh, I wanted to talk about the youth dealing with this whole suicide thing. Absolutely. And, and um, get more on your story. Like I said, when we come back, our special guest, Larry DePoe, going to bless us. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. Serene, I'm 
mama, but don't be don't get bikini fiend. I just need a queen that ain't scared of Stephen King. I used to live next door to Drake and Mama D and Lisa D on Eagle Street. How I go from bars on the screen though to the TV screen, don't ask me. But never change the channel. Gucci flannel, Gucci size, Gucci sandals, Gucci teddy bears and pandas. Not fake propaganda, bout to blow out the candle. My love, out Atlanta, got a out Atlanta with a out Atlanta, she a. Out Atlanta, we get it. That's just the same in each city. My damn better than P. Diddy's. And ever since the pandemic, they don't want that Drake out of Canada. I've been screaming free Drizzy. I know they trust my vision, but don't want me to see prison. Said I can't make no promises, either leave or come visit. But leave the keys to your heart next to your soul and your spirit. Some see graffiti as art, some can see to be women. But I'm the greediest shark amongst an ocean of killers. I put you six feet deep, I'm being socially distant. Nina Ross on the hill. The 44 is my mistress, extra shots, extra clips, ain't talking videos, no fixin', just come to see about it. Don't Hey yo, I am the star in any room that I stand in. I am the standout, you just my stand in. These copy my homework, that's what they hand in. That's why I'm private like the airports I land in. Life is a beach house. Don't let the sand in I ball in any arena, go let the fans in I should go cop a New Jersey, that's worth the Camden These time TikToking, better stick to dancing I DNG the wallet, my money tall and brolic Backyards just so pop a big a frolic With margarita pizza, with parmesan and garlic These I can't breathe My lungs are working perfectly And oxygen is being pulled into my body but I can't breathe. My mind flies at the speed of light, hoping to find that one breath, the one that will calm my beating heart, the one that will soothe my crying soul, the one that will stop my shaking hands, the one that will allow me to exhale. See, this morning I didn't want to get out of bed, and last night I didn't want to lie down, because when I close my eyes to rest, the voices inside begin to rise, and the coming tide that washes over me tosses me like waves on a cliff. And it strips me of my joy, of my being, of myself. Lost in the waves of pain that flow over my head and slowly pull me to the bottom. Trying desperately to catch my breath one more time and not surrender. But each breath comes harder than the last and each wave comes stronger than before. And my eyes look to the shore and I see the beach is crowded with family and friends. So perhaps this time won't lead to my end, but no one seems to notice. They tell me just to tough it out and that real men don't cry, that it's only in my head. And that if I truly believed in God, that I would be all right and that after the night comes the dawn or they sing my favorite hymn by R.E.M. that everybody hurts and what makes me worth the effort to come and save just shut up and be brave and deal with it. But I can't breathe. So I close my eyes and I try to catch my breath because I know it's only a test that I have failed before. So to the most high I implore, please, God, no more. Like the scarecrow and the whiz, I can't win. So, God, if it's a sin that I let this life end, then please forgive me. For I can't see how this can turn out. It's the 15th round in a 12-round bout. The ref is giving me a standing eight count. And I know all things work to the good of those who love the Lord, but my heart is broken. 
and I'm too soft-spoken to cry. Perhaps it's best that I don't try. If I just stop asking why, let what will be, be. For you see, I can't breathe. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Barbershop Talking Random Ish with your boys King and Sand, the lovely Starlight. It's your boy Rick Gang. I am in the building. I'm back at point from behind the glass. I'm back on the board running point from my position at the point. I'm back at it. Yeah. <laughs> Will is not in the building this evening, but we do have the lovely Starlight. How you do, ma'am? Oh, let me turn your mic on. Thank you. I'm good, sir. And we also have the bully. <laughs> Why is he a bully now? Video producer extraordinaire is in the building. What's good, G? Big Sure. You know, nothing bad happens when I play point guard. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> that might be the problem. <laughs> that may be the problem. Wait, okay, that's not my problem. I mean, but I can, you know, you know. Hey. Maybe you do best if you just stand in the corner and wait for me to throw you the ball. <laughs> hey, man, I got to move. I got to see. I can't see. You know, it's... <laughs> Hey y'all, we got family back in the building with us. Y'all just we just came back from break with another great one, the poet. What's good with you, my brother? Oh, everything's good, man. Just glad to be in the house. Glad to be in the house. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So I can't breathe. Was my attempt to. Let everyone know how it feels when I'm going through my bouts of depression and my bouts of anxiety. So I struggle with depression. I have had suicidal thoughts. I have actually have gone to the point where I have, and this is this is the first I have shared this with anybody except for my therapist. So where I have actually bought the pills and what stopped me was I did not know how to write the note to tell my mother by. So in my struggle and in my journey, I have gotten to the point where I'm not ashamed of that moment anymore. So in not being ashamed of it, I have taken ownership of it. Now, I still have my battles, I still have my bouts, but in taking ownership of it, I'm able to talk about it and assist other people. Because when you battle it, you feel like you're alone. Yeah. You feel like you're in that ring, and, and, and that's where I got that line from. You feel like it's the 15th round, and this fight should have been over four or five rounds ago. The ref should have been, you know, I feel like that, that, that Rocky match... He should have threw in the towel, mm -hmm. you know. Th throw it in. It's done. It's over. And and that that's where I was when I actually wrote that. I was at a point that day. I wrote it two days after. I, I was living in Conyers and I was working in Douglasville. 
and it was about an hour ride, about an hour and a half with traffic. And that morning when I pulled out, I was in tears from my driveway till I pulled into the parking lot at the post office that morning. Solid eight hour and a half, just nonstop, couldn't stop. Called EAP that morning, got somewhat resemblance of some help, and it just got to the point where it was just a very, very dark place. And everything that the doctor said before we went on break was just on point and true. It was just, it was just a really, really dark place. And I don't think people understand that depression isn't sitting at home on a couch with your hoodie over your head. It's getting up, going to work every day, taking care of your family, making sure your bills getting paid. The only difference is when I'm not around everybody, I'm in a rabbit hole trying to figure out how to get out of that, get, get, trying to figure out how to get out from under that cloud. So that was, that's what that poem was. My attempt to help everyone understand how it feels to be trapped in that anxiety. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you. I need to take another damn break. <laughs> But I mean, I, yes, but we, we, that's we, where it yes, was. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, boy. That's where it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where, I mean, for a lot of people, that's where it is. And exactly. Because exactly. It, it, it's a lot of times it's, it's, it's you walking next to the person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't know it. Yeah. And you don't know it. You don't yeah. know. And I always tell people, you don't know where that person's head is mm -hmm. when you're having that conversation with them. You know, one, one of my favorite songs is, is, um, Su the suicide note by Scarface. Yes, sir. And it's, it's basically yes, sir. Basically a story about he takes his homeboy out and he's telling him he don't want to live no more. And, you know, he, he just brushes it off because they're drinking. And he drops him off and he blows his head off that night. And it's just the repercussions of, of what happens after that. Because if you, if, if you really listen and if, if y'all are close, You'll hear the signs of help. Mm -hmm. They'll be small, mm -hmm. but you'll hear the signs. That you know, if they truly want to live, mm -hmm. they'll they'll give you signs because suicide isn't the first choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not it's not A. Mm -hmm. It's usually somewhere down like A L M N O P. Mm -hmm. But by the time you've gotten to L M N O P, you, you don't know where else to go. Yeah. You didn't scream enough. Yeah. 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 First, can I say Thank you for sharing this. Oh, especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, on this platform. Yes, sir. I think, um, and, and as a black man, oh. I just want to, I really <laughs> want to acknowledge that. I'm, as a black man, to share that uh, broadly or whatever, even in, in private spaces and um, doing the work, continuing to do the work, acknowledging that it is work. Yes. Um, you said, you said a lot. Hey, you yo, said, man, who are you? <laughs> You sitting around here just talking. I'm Who are you, Eric young Oching, fella? Uh, trained therapist. I, um, so I'm on hiatus, if you will, from uh, um, providing therapy here in Georgia, honestly, because I, I started a, a PhD program in uh, Wisconsin. So I want to say that I want to acknowledge that uh, you can't come see me for therapy right now. However, I, uh, you know, I have uh, experience um, um, working with individuals across the spectrum. Uh, fortunately. Fortunately, I want to say fortunately because I think it's just a humbling experience. Um, it's not always easy, but it's, it's humbling because I learn a lot about myself 
Um, but particularly, I've worked mostly with um, youth. I've worked with uh, from about five to I think the oldest person I worked with, or season most seasoned person was about sixty-seven. Um, but I worked with youth, and Larry said some things that are um, reminiscent of some of the things that the youth in both in private practice and also in um, in uh, crisis stabilization have said. And also reminiscent of some things that uh, Lil Wayne, I'm going to keep referencing that interview, said on in the interview uh, recently. Yes. I just, what was that? Uh, um, it was um, Uncomfortable Conversations yes. with Eman- e- Emmanuel, Emmanuel Ocho. Ocho. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was you, about a fifth, 14, 15 minute video mm-hmm. and it was powerful. Yeah. I like, uh, and so one of the things you said, it's that he, uh, Larry said it's not the first uh, solution or choice. And there's this ABC that you, you go through. And Lil Wayne said something similar, right? Um, Ancho asked him, uh, why didn't you uh, try talking? Even though he didn't say the other things he did up until that point, um, he did uh, acknowledge that just the environment um, that was, uh, the atmosphere that was created, or at least how he interpreted it, that was around him, didn't allow for uh, conversation. conversation. And um, that's something... You know, I think as a as black people, we kind of struggle with. Uh, yes. You kind of do as you're told in a sense, or you don't have any feelings. Uh, these are some of the things youth here, right? And not just black youth, but youth here. And, and there's this, uh, and I even like that you referenced the song, because there's even this dismissal uh, or this dismissing of uh, the feelings specifically of youth. Mm-hmm. Um, because it ain't as hard as it, it uh, you know, my life is. You don't have all of these responsibilities. Um, and these are things that the, the youth, uh, even in crisis stabilization, said, like, I, they wouldn't listen. Um, sometimes, it, you know, sometimes people attempt suicide with the intention to really kill themselves and, and end their life, to end the pain, right? Uh, the emotional pain, the torment, or just uh, to not be a burden. And sometimes it really is, I couldn't think of any other way to get these people to hear me. And so... If I'm dead, maybe they'll hear, right? Maybe they'll maybe they'll wake up. Um, if I'm not here, um, yeah. So so and 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 so there's really not a big difference between what uh, suicide may look or suicidal attempt, suicidal ideation may look like as an adult um, versus as a, a child or a youth. The difference, I think, sometimes or one of the things I, if I can speak for youth right now, is just there's less autonomy as a child and that can be uh even add to whatever uh, that can add this feeling of oppression um which just exacerbates all and and, and uh, their feelings and then it's already um they're already in the period where the this part of their brain isn't fully formed uh prefrontal cortex which you know uh you know, executive functioning uh, emotional regulation and things like that so that even increases this you know this risk if you will um and so, just a little detour right now. Um, one of the things they notice, and I'm gonna speak a little bit about the pandemic. Just like Dr. Sewell said, there's still like the research in that area. The knowledge is still small, and I think I've even seen some competing evidence. Like early on, that it looked like uh, this pandemic didn't affect suicide broadly. But I agree with her. It, it, they have noticed increases in depression, anxiety. But among youth specifically, there there have been uh, some notice increase. But uh, one thing that you will 
I think, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on this show, suicide's been increasing among youth specifically, 12 to 20, about 12 to 24 for the past uh, several years. Um, I have my theory. I haven't done research, but I do have an idea about what that may be connected to, and I do think it has something to do with, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, things you were able to be protected from um, once you left school and went home. Really, there, there's less of a separation. Of they that. couldn't bully you when you mm-hmm. left when you mm-hmm. left school. Mm-hmm. Now you can mm-hmm. be bullied 24 hours. You can be bullied 24 hours in this yeah. almost permanent way. Right. Um, I did some research on right. um, cyber uh, yeah. cyber bullying um, recently, and it, it's it's permanent. Like yeah. once you put something on the internet, it it's there. Disappear. Even if they even if it's deleted, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's echoing in your and uh, your brain just knowing that that's out there, whatever information someone might have put out. Um, And so that's something. um, So in this pandemic specifically, several things happened, a lot happened. Um, One, youth uh, tend to be a little bit more social, especially if you're thinking about high schoolers, you're thinking about middle schoolers, Um, they're social. I feel, I really feel uh, um, compassion for them because a lot of big moments that the youth were looking forward to they missed out. were cut. I mean, graduation, ninth grade, home, graduation. proms, dances, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even being able to go to football yes. games. Yeah, just these, these, yeah, home, yes, these little. These moments where they do get to express and feel the independence. Right. And even, I, I love what Dr. Sewell said because we're there's no post-pandemic right now. Mm-hmm. It, all of that's still up in the still air. Still in the midst of it. Yeah. Hold up, can, can we post those numbers? Those suicide numbers? Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm pulling that up right okay. now. Okay, I'm sorry to no, interrupt, no, but no I'm just, I just—I want to make sure everybody mm-hmm. has these numbers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, there are numbers you can call. There, there are, are the numbers website, you yeah. can call. What is it? Uh, suicide crisis. Uh, what is it? One eight hundred two seven three talk. If I if, well, we have, we we have to learn to validate mm-hmm. our young people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that that's 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 very important because that that was that was the thing that I had to I had to learn. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that it was okay that my feelings were valid. Mm-hmm. That it was okay that I had to take ownership for feeling that way. Yeah. And that it was okay that I wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it was valid that I felt as bad as I felt. And it was valid that I was in this this dark place for whatever reason I was in this dark mm-hmm. place. And even when I, you know, coming out of it because when I first started dealing with it everybody was pissed at me. Well, why didn't you tell me about it? I I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I, okay, <laughs> I, I need to stop you. There. I was mad with him. <laughs> but I wasn't mad. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I know my mom was mad. At I was mad because <laughs> I should have known. I was, I was gonna, you felt mm-hmm. like you should have known. And I think that was during the period where I probably didn't call as much as I should have called. Yeah, but see. And and, 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 and and I know his answer to the riddle is, you got things on your plate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And possibly I was going through something, so I don't mm-hmm. call because I'm going through something and I don't mm-hmm. want to put that on his plate. And that's the reason... I didn't put it on your plate mm-hmm. because your plate was full, and that's and that's and, and that goes back to a lot of things we we talk about because we get in trouble with that because you have to be able to reach out. Yeah, 
it, it, and you know, I, it, when it gets to that desperation point, no matter how full that plate is, I'd, I'd rather, you know, you know, I've, and I've told everybody this, I'd rather have you overflow my plate mm -hmm. than me have to talk at your eulogy. Exactly. And I'm sure the same goes for them. They'd rather have me overflow their plate yeah. than them have to speak at my eulogy. But we we have to have to take that in and comprehend that in your mind because in, in, in my head I'm going, okay, his plate is full. Mm -hmm. I can't put that extra burden on him. I'm going to deal with it the way I always deal with it. And, and, and that's what it is because I recognized it. I know what my depression is. I know how to mm -hmm. deal with it. I do my writing. I come out of it. But then it got to the point where my my A, B, C, and D weren't working. So I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm not moving forward. I'm going to E, F, G, and H. Not and I'm, I'm getting deeper. Mm -hmm. And when it got down to elemental P, it was too late to reach out. Yeah. It was, it was a lot it was a lost cause by the end because when it got to that point in the depression there was no more reaching out because the pain was so bad the darkness was so deep uh -huh. the only thing left was either it stops today or it stops today mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. were the, mm -hmm. that, those mm -hmm. were the options it's going to stop the pain is going to stop yeah. I, I don't care how it stops. The pain is going to stop. And that's where we got to elemental P. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, so how are we going to stop it? So we're, it's a rational conversation. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it was rational. It was so calm. So how are we going to stop it? This is what we're going to do. It, and it was so calm in my head when we had to come. And I say we. Because it was the voices, uh -huh. <laughs> and no, it, it, it was just it was it was the calmest conversation I've ever had in my life. It was like well, this what this is how we can stop it. I was like, yeah, we can do that. I was like, okay, no pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, how about we do this? We've done that. We did the checklist. Well, everything we went back through, we'd already tried. So can we reach out? Eh. He got his own stuff. Mm -hmm. Everybody mm -hmm. I know to reach out to's got their own stuff they going through. Yeah. So we're gonna move forward. We're gonna take this pain. We're gonna move on with it, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut it loose today. So we move forward with it, and when it came down to it, we sat down, and we was like, I can't write this letter. The man with a million words can't write a letter. Mm. And it was, and I said, well, I can't write the letter. I can't go without a letter. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I said, I, 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 I said, God, if it's, if it's this much better tomorrow, we'll live. Mm -hmm. And it was that much better tomorrow. Yeah. And I put the pills away. Mm. And I haven't been to the point where I've gotten to elemental P mm -hmm. again. Because now my elemental P is actually WXYZ. Mm. Because I've gotten, when I get to elemental P now, it's different stuff. I have a therapist, uh -huh. I've got other stuff I can reach. But at the time, WXYZ was elemental P. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would, I'm glad you answered the question that was lingering. I was, I was going to ask what was different. And it sounds like you 
really after that moment you it seems like you were intentional about developing more skills i had to i had to mm -hmm. i think i don't know if i necessarily developed more coping skills but i developed more outlets for the depression mm -hmm. and i developed more ways to understand what i was dealing mm -hmm. with and mm -hmm. understanding that i don't have to be as strong as I, the world says I have to be. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. I ain't gotta be no, you know, the, the title of the book. I ain't never been no superhero. Mm -hmm. I ain't never had no superhero training. <laughs> I ain't never learned how to dodge bullets. So if it if I screw up from time to time, it should be okay. Because uh -huh. I ain't no superhero. So once I figured that part out, and that it's okay to save me from time to time. It took a whole lot of weight and a whole lot of stress off of me that I was putting on me. And I allowed uh -huh. everyone or I allowed the world to put on me. Mm -hmm. So once I took that power from them and gave it back to myself, I was in a whole different place. Now, yeah. I still battle with it, but I battle with it now from a different perspective. So mm -hmm. when it gets when it gets deep now, I just look at it and go, okay. I know where I am, and it, if it gets deeper, I just I pull those other resources out to climb my way back up. And I don't wait until we get to LMNOP. I try to get make phone calls. Hey, mm -hmm. you want to go get a beer today? And hey, this what's going on? You want like yeah. you feel like having a conversation today? Hey, what you know? What you got going on? I got this going on. Well, you got ten minutes. All I need is ten. So, what you're talking about, the things you're saying are so, like, in my head, foreign, right? In the sense that this is not how we're socialized. But it's not how we're taught, mm -hmm. especially Amen. as men. Amen. We're, Amen. We're, we're Amen. Yeah. Amen. We are taught to stand firm, be quiet. To figure it out. Figure it out. Man up. Man up. Mm -hmm. I've Man up. My dad died when I was seven years old. The first thing they told me, you the man now. Mm. It's seven. Mm. It's man up. Seven. So imagine the weight of that. And I, I carried that weight from seven. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 nobody should have to carry that at seven. Mm -hmm. Amen. At seven. So it took, it took, it took a long time yeah. to get to the point where I, I can. I can say manhood is more than being tough and mm -hmm. being all this other stuff. Manhood is knowing I can take care of my responsibilities, but I also, it's okay to take care of me. I'm my responsibility. I'm my responsibility <laughs> too. Because if something happened to me, who gonna take care of him? Uh -huh. Exactly. So I have to take care of me. I have to take care of me. I'm part of this. I'm part of the equation. And I have to, and I have to remind myself, because I will put my make myself last, but I have to mm -hmm. remind myself, it's okay to take care of you. You, you know, <laughs> and and I'm gonna just add, it's okay to take care of you first. That I remember. Yeah, I ain't got that part. That's that's <laughs> that. Uh, now, 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 I ain't got now, that is a process, <laughs> bro. So, but, but the reason it's it's we are socialized as I think men and then black men specifically to take care. 
protect, yes. provide. This is your this is your job. This is your responsibility. Yes, yes, yes. Um, That's what my dad my dad taught me. Um, providing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that don't know nothing else and about my dad. For, uh, in that case, it's like that's how. That's where our only value. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's how you measure yourself. And that's what yeah. and and, and, that's and, and that's what got me. Yeah. Going back to August sixteenth, that's what got me. Mm. How how am I going to provide? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell am I doing wrong in this moment that mm. I can't? Yes. Mm-hmm. Why is everything that I'm doing not adding up? Mm-hmm. Yes. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? And I didn't have no fucking answers at that time. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I didn't want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not here. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out here and physically harm myself. But I'm not. But if I go to sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. And don't wake up. It ain't going to bother me. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Is what it is at that point. If 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 that da, da da happens, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna fight it. I'm not gonna fight it. Yeah, hit the gas and take your hands out the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 it. The pressure we put uh, on ourselves, and that's and that and and and, yeah. and and she told me that's what she said. She said all the shit you's talking about. You're doing that to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody's doing this to you. Yeah. That's a tough pill. To it, and it's a tough. Uh-huh. And I'm like. Huh? Because mm-hmm. it was. I'm... Now, the, the trick, though, I've learned it. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's a really tricky space because as a therapist and just as a friend, you want to be able to say that. Right. You, you're doing this to yourself in a sense. You want to be able to say that directly candidly but also with compassion right and that sometimes those things are uh, opposing yeah, <laughs> but sometimes in that moment do you really need compassion do, 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 sometimes mm-hmm. i mean i don't I, and i don't know i don't know it depends on who I'm talking to i guess uh-huh. it depends so on really really depends on your audience person. you have to know yeah. the room all that good well, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it depends on it depends on the mood uh-huh. so, sometimes it depends on where you are when when you receive it. Yes, because because uh-huh. you know, if if you're standing on that cliff, you may need that compassion. Mm-hmm. If you if you're if you're half a mile from the cliff, then you can take that blunt that blunt force and that blunt that blunt honesty. That's a but good you analogy. you you may not need it on that cliff mm-hmm. because I've been on the cliff and I did need the bluntness. I needed mm-hmm. compassion, mm-hmm. but I've been far enough from the cliff where mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. hey you doing this even if he put himself on that cliff at that yeah, moment what I, you need is yeah. here just grab my yeah, hand yeah yeah I didn't on the cliff I don't need you put yourself on this cliff mm-hmm. yeah this is your do I don't yeah. need that on yes. the cliff yes on the edge on the edge I need hey hey come over here let's do this now once we get over here then you can tell me all about how I brought myself over here but get me over here first Cause I can promise you, if I'm over here on this cliff, as soon as you start with, it's over. Mm-hmm. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> hey, Greg, can you throw those numbers out, please? Uh, this is the suicide prevention lifeline. There's also the same as the veterans crisis uh, line. It's the very same number: one eight hundred two seven three 
800-273-8255 1-800-273-TALK and if you have anybody that you can talk to yeah talk talk, yeah. talk. And, yeah. and watch your post I, I you know me and you talk you ask me why I'm, I'm so uncomfortable with social media the stuff I see yeah, on yes, social yes, media yes. people put it out there and it, mm-hmm. they intend it to be uplifting or encouraging but it really is yes mm-hmm. it really is yes it it i'm too tough to quit um winners don't quit mm-hmm. you don't know my situation you come across insensitive yeah it, it, that's how it really that's how it comes across especially if you've been down that road mm-hmm. until you walk the mile in my shoes don't tell me how I, how how I how to feel. I need you to empathize or sympathize before you before you get give me that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That's social media. He, social media turns me off. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, oh bro, bro, bro. This, only, the only reason, the it only turns. reason it, it, I deal with social media is because of talking random me. I know, I know. And, it's, it's, and, it's, and, and it's a tool. It is a tool. It's a tool. And I think some of us forget that and get lost mm-hmm. in it. And, and yeah. then, so when, when, when we're older and we live a little bit, we may have a little bit more, uh, a few more resources, right? But we're still not, you know, uh, uh, immune to the uh, hurt that social media can cause. Um, but I'm, I want to speak to, can I just say a word to parents for just a second? Just a second and while we're on this topic. Um, and I meant just broader than parents. I think some of the things, one of the things we really have to do just as a people in general is pay attention. Mm. We are, our attention is split, split between so many things now, but we have to pay attention because what what uh, Larry said it perfectly. There there are times where a person reaches out. They might not say it directly, right? But they'll say something. They may say, you know, I just wish I wasn't here. Yeah. Or, Man, dang, I get hit. Day is up, you know. Yeah. Or I'm just such a burden. And we gotta pay attention to what they're saying. Pay attention to the behavior. You see something drastic that's just not characteristic of the person you know. Um, beyond paying attention, I think treating people like people and really taking the time to listen. Um, specifically for youth that just uh especially in this time of the pandemic especially in this time of covid mm-hmm. they're even even though they're in school some people are back in school physically i think it's still time uh, because of like just the what is this uh, their mandates or whatever yeah. it's still mm-hmm. somewhat isolating and isolated um i know specifically my 15 year old daughter uh <laughs> we talk we talk often and um she was a uh, something happened in school, and she was just people just don't understand that there's stuff that happens to people outside of school. Uh, she was frustrated. Someone posted something about her. She's really not normally getting into mess, but and she was just saying uh, people just don't understand all the stuff that people go through um, outside of school, and they just don't know how people's words uh, could uh, affect them or their actions. And so, as a as a parent, and just as someone who's you know uh, done counseling, I, I ask her directly, like, about whether she's feeling depressed or how are you feeling? Are you feeling depressed? And then I I, I try to educate on on what that might feel like because mm-hmm. sometimes teens just don't know. I don't know is what our initial response might be or has been. Uh, then I'll ask directly about suicide because 
the best way to find out is to ask. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, the person who's considering suicide will say, oh, yeah, 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 thinking about it, right? One, because it, it's shocking that somebody actually mustered up the courage to ask. Um, and it, it shows that they care. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so as parents, as people in general, we just need to be more direct. I think as black people, we got to really be direct and let go of some of that mind your business stuff. Uh, you got to do it on your own stuff. Um, I love, I, Larry, I'm going to keep saying I love what you say because Larry said de depression doesn't just look one way. I literally, we, you know, people can be quote unquote functional and depressed. Wayne said it, his best, uh, his moment, it hit him hardest when people left. <laughs> Right. And sometimes that's often what it is, because at the end of the day, we got to go to sleep in the bed by ourselves or go home by ourselves. And that's when the voices or the noise, if you will, sometimes it's not voices. That's when the noise gets the loudest sometimes. The silence right. can be deafening. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. The silence can be deafening. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, you see a teen who's withdrawing, I starting to isolate. They're not really interested in the things that they tend to be interested in. Start asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, spend some time as a parent, especially I'm gonna, especially in this pandemic. I'm, think, I'm speaking from uh, personal experience. Just, just, uh, just. I know my daughter. She hasn't expressed me, but I know she's been frustrated. Um, and I'm trying to be proactive. I wish she hadn't gotten to the fr frustrated part, but just trying to be proactive. And I know she's not alone in that. I know she. I know there are other teens who experience that. And and children, and she's a girl. So and so, I didn't mention earlier, suicide is on the rise among children, but specifically girls, uh, teenage girls, um, mm -hmm. especially in high school. Because I don't know if y'all remember high school. Mean, but that's a, yeah, mean. It's a it's a battle. <laughs> it's a battle. High school, hey, <laughs> high school ain't for the. <laughs> it's getting younger and younger. Well, well, high um, school is. Hey, sometimes you got to have them to go to high school, man. And I know it got to be worse mm -hmm. now. It's, but that's the thing. It's, you almost kind of expect it mm -hmm. with a high school. Like you you kind of expect to go through that with the high school ages. Or even now your middle school uh -huh. age. Because, you know, your uh -huh. hormones are starting to shift and figure stuff mm -hmm. out. But when you're sitting there hearing about kids under the age of puberty. Yeah, who are eight and, and seven. And who are going through this stuff like, oh, I can't. And it's like, you just got here. What do you mean you can't be here anymore? So, like, for me as an educator, mm -hmm. like you were saying, that whole thing of, like, just watching that kid, like, okay, wait, mm -hmm. you're my little butterfly, what's wrong? And we saw it a lot last year because the school I'm at, we were fully virtual last year. We were, like, even when the county went back, we were, like, no. Yeah. So we stayed on, and then it was just, like, they keep talking about the whole thing, like, oh, the kids lost so much. It's like, no, education, mm -hmm. quote, unquote, they only lost whatever we keep saying they lost. Yeah. Other yeah. than that. Let's get back to the basics. You mm -hmm. teach them how to be good people. You teach mm -hmm. them how to read enough that they can see their name and not get messed up. Teach them how to count enough that nobody can mess with their money. Other than that, life skills are what mm -hmm. these kids need now. Mm -hmm. So it's like we need to start thinking more about, like, of course, you know, the whole big thing is, oh, social emotional, this, that, whatever. But it's really, it's always been that. Yeah. It shouldn't. We should have never gotten to the point where we now have to do it this like, should have always been <laughs> the thing like hey how are you today and so uh -huh. it's it's a it's funny how i always keep finding those type of kids that around me but like they'll be that one i'm just like eh, who is this child let me find yeah. out who this person is yeah. so i just i make it a pop like hey how you doing like at least let them know if nothing else 
you're being watched. I see you. And so, like, there's been mm-hmm. a couple of them now that are fairly new to the school, but they come and see me. They want to sit and talk. And I'm like, okay, I got time to talk to you right now. If not, I'm like, all right, come back, baby, when you yeah. can. I was like, but I got to do this right here. But it's, it's weird because when you do see it. But then also what I've noticed is those kids who are the yellers or the screamers or their their actions are yelling and screaming at you. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you're looking at them like, who is this? Like you weren't acting like this before. It's not always the quiet mm-hmm. ones. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's the ones and especially when it comes out in females. Yeah. When that behavior starts being extra loud and extra I need you to pay attention to me. I need you to focus on me. And it's just like, okay, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What's the mm-hmm. what's what's mm-hmm. what's what's going on up here? Yeah. What you, what's what's in your brain? Let's talk about it. Uh-huh. Or even if you can't talk about it, uh, draw me a picture. Mm-hmm. How you feel right now? It's just like get it out. I love that. Uh, I used to use expressive arts often, but I want to go back to what you said in, in terms of which you are uh, seeing in terms of just when you all were completely virtual. Um, I think uh, you all talked when you were talking to Dr. Sewell. Like you you. Now you're at home and you realize I don't like this person that much. Yes. Or, you know, issues come up just because of financial strain and things like that. Now that's just adults. Again, I'm going to go back. Children don't have as much autonomy Mm -hmm. and freedom um, as much as we might like to say that sometimes that they do. Mm -hmm. It's in their control. A lot of their life is dictated by their parents, right? Mm -hmm. And so now your parents are financially strained. And, uh, you know, they are not really good with handling their emotions. Mm-hmm. They may take it out on the kids. Yeah. Parents are frustrated at teachers as if teachers caused the pandemic. And who are they going to take it out on? They're the just kids. figuring it mm-hmm. out, right? Especially if you have a parent who's not um, confident in their own ability to help their kid a- academically and just, yeah. or believe that's just not their role. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have all of these things. And, and the kid can't, they can walk away, but that's not, that might not be good depending exactly. on the family there. Um, they could go to their room. But, uh, you know, at some parents I know, I know me. So I was like, hey, no, wait, get back here real quick. We're about to talk about it. Or, you know, uh, I mean, if you need a moment, take exactly. a moment. But we're about to talk about this. And so thinking about just this lack of, I'm, I'm going to like, use the word oppressive, this oppressive feeling that they already have been isolated from friends. Um, really, they have to ask, sometimes ask for permission to even do and engage in some of the coping skills that they might engage in. And so, in that in the pandemic, especially when it was virtual, coping skills are severely limited. I, th- I imagine they're still limited now. Um, they were limited before, but we didn't know. Yeah, and now we're seeing it. Also, I know at least definitely for me, it like, I was first grade last year. Mm. And... I got moved to third grade this year. So, you know, coming in, I'm thinking like, oh, okay, third grade. I'm thinking about how I was. I was a uh-huh. little bit more independent. But I'm realizing this generation, where's the independence? Like, even if it was simple, mm-hmm. like, like I was laughing at my students talking about the fact how they're learning how to clean the bathroom or make sandwiches and I was like yes mm-hmm. you should be doing mm-hmm. it and when I was like yeah my mom's even gonna show me how to iron you should mm-hmm. you sh- mm-hmm. you should be doing mm-hmm. this so it's like the fact that y'all are shocked I'm like mm-hmm. nope this is this yeah. is what we were doing yeah. Yeah. and then even with technology sitting on virtual tech support telling a child to share your screen and walking them through how to mm-hmm. log in and I was like y'all are on devices all day mm-hmm. every day how do y'all not know how this yeah. stuff works yeah 
but I forgot. We're Gen X, early millennials, if you want to call us that. We were that AOL generation. We pointed and clicked and taught ourselves. These kids have always had it. It's a different world. So they don't know how to fix it if it breaks. They're just like, oh, I'll get another one. No, learn how to fix it. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like going through that, and I'm just like, okay, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm semi-tech savvy. Watching my other teachers who aren't, yeah. it was just like, this is It's like if we learn through trial and error. Yeah, there's no more trial and error no now. It's either you get it or mm-hmm. you don't have it. What, what they call it? They call it the uh, the microwave generation. Yeah, mm, yeah. You, you're used to just instant gratification. Uh huh. And and so when you even think about um, one of the risk factors for uh, suicide is in some you know impulsivity. Um, so even though there's you have people plan and think about it, sometimes uh, when it actually happens, it's a, a moment of impulse. And so among children, right? Why impulsive? You just, I'm just, I'm mad. Something, uh, you know, it could be about anything. It could be something. Well, all of it's serious. It can be about anything, though. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times, it's a, a moment of impulse. Um, so yeah. I can, yeah, just think of just. That's yeah. when you talk about the impulse of it. That's something that kind of always stuck with me. The one reason I was like, okay, if I ever got low, mm-hmm. I don't think I could ever go the final step Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't want to like you know how we Mm -hmm. see on movies and cartoons and stuff that wake up Mm -hmm. so it's just I wouldn't have wanted to wake up after that being like ooh that's not really what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. I want to take that back but I can't take it back because that's the final step Yeah. yeah Larry take us out of here right quick this is last call you always told me that it didn't matter the time So I hope that you meant what you said and weren't just being kind. See, there's something pressing in my spirit that's been occupying my mind. And I was hoping that maybe between us some answers we could find. See, this pain that I've been feeling has got me off. Stuck in a conundrum. Like I'm living in the land of the lost. Like ships out at sea that are being tossed. And the cost, I fear, is just too much to bear. So I was hoping that maybe, possibly, if I could dare, if if it would not be too cavalier, this boulder that's been on my shoulder, I might ask you to share. Now take a second and listen closely to me. I want you to understand the place from which I do speak, from the depth that I have come just so that I could seek an audience with you. So please, I beseech, That although you may not fully understand my pain, still it remains and hurts just the same. And if I may be so bold and not be restrained, it's slowly driving me out of my brain. I stand on the precipice of going insane. See, I'm not new addition. I can't stand the rain. Yet I have maintained and tried to survive. Although it sometimes I do wonder if I'm really alive, I strive to be all that I can. Yet here I am, just a simple man from whom the world demands more and more. So when I have given all that I can give and I can't give no more, oh, how I want to give up and stop keeping score. For what is the point when you know you can't win? Why continue to get up again and again? Can you answer me that? Can you help me ascend? Or will you do as the rest 
have before you in fall. This burden you must bear being my final and last call. Talking random.